0: okay
1: good evening well this is joshua miller we're live on joshua ministers podcast uh 9 2023 and this is going to be kind of a part two to the black robe regiment from the last podcast uh, i had music playing there and it's um messed up again for some reason i can't get the music going on i can hit the first first uh clip I have in order and then it'll play and then it'll quit playing through the second one. So I'm not sure what that deal, the deal is with that. So we are at a, uh, critical time in our, our, um, life, I guess you should say here on earth, you know, God at conception, we've got, we were born conceived with a purpose and conceived with a plan. God has a purpose and a plan for you and for me and for whomever else has been born to this green earth. And I'm not sure about the clones. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's um, a lot of uh, hype about the clones now. And I think you saw some, you might have seen them. I think the it's called The Creator movie that's coming out. And they had androids at, I think the Chicago football game, um, kind of, uh, creepy looking. Um, but we'll, you know, talk a little bit about that. We're going to look at the Panama Canal being drained. The governor of New Mexico declaring the first and second amendment does not exist. A journalist being sentenced to 60 days in jail for free speech. And the uh, Ukrainian shemale spokesperson talks about um, hunting people down and, gnash, and being gnashed or being gnashed with their teeth, something like that. Uh, but anyway, before we get into all this, I'm going to get into the Constitution and the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and I'm going to go over some quotes uh, from our founding fathers and um, we're going to go to the lord in prayer first so let's pray and last but not least we'll have a special guest that'll come on here momentarily um, if we can get the uh, electronics to cooperate so let's go to the lord in prayer dear father lord we thank you for today thank you for your many blessings thank you for what you've done for us what you've given us we thankful we are thankful for the uh, privilege it is to be able to come to get on this podcast here and to be able to share your word and to be able to fellowship. I pray that we would uh, take your word, we would apply it with our uh, in spirit and in truth. Help us to honor and glorify you in what we do and what we say. Help us to be bold and be courageous, like you told Joshua. And Moses and others, many others. You expect us to be. You expect us as men to stand up, to step up, to protect and to provide, and to be obedient to your word. And pray that you would bless the podcast here and everyone that joins, everyone that listens. I pray that we would be able to have um, the information that we go through and the the scripture that we'll go through that we'll be able to share it with others and show others the, the truth. And we know Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Those were Jesus' words, and we hope to stay true to that, is to honor and glorify Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and hope that the those that are listening will have made him their Lord and Savior also. And we thank you for what you've done, what you've given us, and we we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's look at. I have a couple clips I'm going to play. Um, we'll see if we can play them. Uh, the first one I'll play is the UN Undersecretary, and she is talking about. I'm trying. What I'm trying to do is set the stage of what we're dealing with at this moment, and the reason why. I stated 1776, we are at war. Um, We are in a fifth generation warfare. And it's, of course, if you're a Christian, you understand that it's a, um, we're in a uh, spiritual battle and it's, it's between good and evil. That's what it is. So we're seeing a lot of things playing out with a um, cause and effect of what's happening in the spiritual realm there's probably a plethora of things that are occurring in the spiritual realm that we are not aware of and god's word of course alludes to such things and he gives us information to get an idea of what's going on and he, he gives us details Uh, clearly and so we're going to try to set the stage here let me see I'm trying to play play these clips I know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so just bear with me let me know if you can hear it
0: Um, and of course firings at Twitter have left us with no one to call to flag content that is abusive or even incitement to violence We're now seeing that almost anyone can promote disinformation for the price of a tick. So we've still, it's not all bad. We have teamed up with the platforms uh, to elevate reliable information around COVID and climate to amplify trusted messengers. And we have quite an army of them out there who want to take UN content and promote it in their followings and also educating All right. So, could you hear that? Um,
1: the UN Undersecretary talking about misinformation and disinformation, and talking about um, uh, working a campaign. <clears throat> excuse me, a campaign to resist the um, that di- mis and disinformation. And she was upset that she didn't have the hold that she did have with Twitter. That's called X now, but. So the UN, the United Nations, you know, they're working on a one world order and they're working on control, global control. And we or myself anyway. I don't agree to that. And I don't appreciate someone else coming in and saying, hey, we're going to take over your country with an emergency proclamation. and We're going to tell you what to do with this next emergency. Um That's what they're doing. So they're getting the stage with the... If they can control the um, media, which is what they're trying to do. That's what that clip was about. They're trying to control the media and... So that way they can control the narrative. If they can control the narrative, they... This is what they did in the last pandemic was they... They censored... Every voice that was telling the truth, every voice that was talking about therapeutics and so hydroxychloroquine, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, ivermectin, fenbendazole, you know, a few of these are parasite drugs and they actually work wonders on the, um, so called COVID. Now, when I say I've gotten a lot of flack before for saying COVID is not real, I'm going to explain what that, what I mean by that. When I say COVID isn't real, I mean it's not natural. It's not a virus. It's a bioweapon. That means that a person, a lab, took it, took something and created this program to attack people with it through gain of function research. It might've been a sort of pathogen in the first place. And they manipulated it to make it more, more pathogenic to humans causing havoc, sickness and death. So that's what I mean when I say COVID isn't real because it was, program created uh, actually in 1965 according to Dr. David Martin and the research that he has done the coronavirus has been around for, for that long but it was made it was not natural It did not occur in nature naturally it's a gain of function caused by a weapon all right so they are want to lock us down. They want to control us, and they and they. I'm talking about the UN, World Economic Forum, WHO, CIA, the uh, NSA. Um, the NSA was behind the Event 201 and initiating it, and war gaming it, and playing it out. And their minions were the Fauci's and such. They ran Operation. I don't know if you call it is Warp Speed Operation Warp Speed, where they got the the vaccines out, you know, in a, in a record amount of time. That was the CIA, the NSA doing that. Um, so they're, want, they're what they're going to do. They've already declared that more lockdowns are coming back. So what I heard today was that the New York has the vaccine ready and they've already told the New Yorkers to get the vaccine and that anyone with an underlying condition needs to get the vaccine and that happens to be 70% of the population that needs to get it because they have an underlying condition. And they said that If you don't want your baby to be in a cold, dark place, vaccinate your six month olds and up with this vaccine. Because that's what parents need to do is to take care of their children and they give their kids these vaccines is what they said. Um, Terrible, terrible things. And to us, we are slaves And if we allow them to get away with this next lockdown, we might as well be slaves if we let them get away with it. Um, Because there's no excuse now that we know what's going on and what they've done with it. There's no reason that we have let them push us around, take advantage of us, manipulate us, lie to us in any sort of way. Myself, personally, I'm not going to wear any mask because i know that just tells them that that person's a slave that one's obedient that's a sheeple and they will do what i tell them to do and i'm not doing that i'm not gonna social distance myself because the isolation kills people and in isolation there was thousands of people committing suicide just because of the isolation they said Go home, quarantine, stay away from people. And now they've got apps that say if you've been uh, near someone that's COVID positive, you need to quarantine for 10 days. And so with an app, they're tracking you and say you need to stay home, isolate yourself because you are exposed to a positive. Potentially you have it too. Potentially you'll be sick. So that caused a lot of uh, mental damage to a lot of people. And then once they scare people with that, that's what they're gonna push. They're gonna push the uh, the jab, which New York already is. And I'm not complying with any of it, so we're we're gonna have to, we're gonna push back. And those of us that are awake, that are alive in the spirit through the Holy Spirit, we can see the the psyop and we can tell us the um, it's one of the fiery darts of the devil and you know if, according to Ephesians chapter six we're supposed to do all to stand we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God to resist to stand against it and there was the w- last time there wasn't enough people to stand against it and I'm hoping this time we will have enough people to stand um, but then again, in the revolution, it only took three percent to uh, resist the tyrants and to th- kick them out. Three percent of the 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 uh, of Americans to kick out the tyrants, kick out the uh, oppressors. So what they did was made the uh, a list of grievances, and they laid them all out. They explained it, and we've done that, and we've been trying to do that but they've been censoring it. Just like that UN undersecretary was saying that they need to control the narrative. That's what they did. I was deleted off YouTube twice. I was put in Facebook jail. Probably so many times I lost count and i'm being shadow banned now and what that is is shadow banning is um say you've got 500 friends on facebook you post something you know you would expect that those 500 people get a notification that you posted it or they would see it in their scroll feed their feed as they look through it would there it would show there but what is happening is maybe 25 people will see what you posted out of your 500 friends that are supposed to be connected to your profile. That's the way I understand it, and that's what's been happening to me anyway. Nobody sees what I post because I'm being censored, because I'm speaking the truth. Um, Let's go to the next thing. So that's actively a, an organization, but that's also the, I mean, there's several of them, the George Soros, Bill and Melinda Gates foundation and the Clinton foundation, all those sort of foundations are trying to control the narrative, control the people and for their own advantage, along with the UN, WHO, W, um, the WEF and CIA NSA and there's too many to list anyway the next one is now that you know that you're being censored and you have all these organizations censoring you and want to take advantage of you we have another data point which is the Panama Canal has stopped according to an article Well, the, the um, article I have is from the Hal Turner Radio Show. And this the bulletin there is that the Panama Canal has stopped that the lack of water in the fresh water in the lake that connects the Pacific to the Atlantic, is the water is so low that the ships cannot pass through um, from the Pacific to the Atlantic or vice versa. And it has stopped 40% of the global supply chain and we get a lot, most of our imports. I can't remember the, the statistic actually at this moment, but we get a lot of stuff through the Panama Canal. So, what this is gonna do is gonna lock down our supply chain. Now, we have not even recovered from the previous lockdown. Remember, it was 15 days to slow the spread. And then it turned to a month. Then it turned to two months. And then it turned to a year, to year and a half. And then it was like, "Well, okay, well, maybe we'll let up on you." We just started put, saying, "I'm done with it," and started trying to re- uh, recoup what we hadn't lost already. And so, what that did to the supply chain—remember when the uh, the ships, con- container ships, were stuck offshore for months because the inland ports and the other ports could not handle the shipping containers because of so-called COVID. There were, the employees were acquiring COVID and then the companies were sending them home for quarantine to 10 to 15 days, which killed the supply chain. Um, I work at a huge company, a global company and kind of wonder why sometimes, but they, I'll tell you the reason why. The reason why is because they started out as a Christian company. And the actually the founder of the company started out, he was a Christian. And actually his father was a circuit riding preacher. So I actually look back to that, to their beginnings and see how how strong they were in the beginning because they honored God in their business. And so I hope that one day they'll get back to that. Um, but even there working with a huge company, they, um, there was, we had trouble getting parts Now I'm working as a diesel technician full time and we could not get parts. We had parts that you can normally, you would have either in stock or you'd have something at the, you know, a factory and they'd have it within a, a few days. Then once this COVID lockdown came, you were looking at three months to get parts. There was a time that I could not, we had to wait weeks for air filters, for fuel filters, for oil filters, and just the the, the most um, minuscule thing we had to wait, wait for weeks because we couldn't get it, somebody didn't have it. Uh, we had one engine that catastrophic failure and tore it apart, and we, we um, got a list of parts that needed and order the parts. It was gonna be like three months to get any of the parts and now I'm in the United States of America, USA, and we had some of the parts were sourced from Belgium the only place that had them was Belgium, and I mean, we make our own, like make our own parts. We got our own factories and uh, foundries and stuff. But anyway, so this data point is showing that now that they've locked down the ships again, the container ships didn't. It took a year for the container ships to get to f- cycle through. A lot of the stuff, certain things that were date-sensitive were out of date because of that or close to it or ruined because it set out in the sun instead of being uh, uh, warehoused. So that's another data point. And maybe I I spoke them out of order, but the next thing that I want to look at is the uh, journalist being sentenced to 60 days in jail for free speech. That's a a J6. I guess you call him a political prisoner for J6 now because they keep calling it an insurrection. And there was not an insurrection. Nobody had guns. Nobody had weapons. No one tried to overthrow. It was just... Americans, patriotic Americans, redressing their grievances as we have a right to do in the Constitution. And we have every right to do that. We had over a million people there to do that. And then we had instigators, and we've learned we've had now that the provocateurs were the BLM, and Antifa, FBI. There was a lot of those sort of Three-letter agencies in there instigating things. Well, you've got Owen Schroyer, who's a journalist for Infowars, uh, with uh, Alex Jones, and Alex. He and Alex Jones were there at the Capitol, January sixth, and they did their best to stop people from going into the Capitol. They warned the people once they figured it out that it was a setup they started telling people with a bullhorn don't go into the capital let's turn around there was people there they were praying for the people there you know most of the people there were like were like grandmas and they were there you know because they love their country they're patriotic people and they said no it's a setup don't go in uh alex jones didn't go into the capital owen schroyer didn't go into the capital and the people that did go into the Capitol that were of that group, I mean the Patriots there, were escorted in peacefully by police officers. They were escorted through the Capitol. Uh, Owen Schroeder specifically, they the officers were asking them for help, if I'm not mistaken. So he's innocent. And most everybody that's in the gulags right now that's in jail, that's in solitary confinement and has been for two years, over two years, um, there's been several of them that have committed suicide while being in there um, because they were thrown in jail and they're innocent. There's the, the, the biggest thing that they could possibly nail anybody with would be trespassing but even then it's the people's house is it not I mean how could you how could you uh, be trespassing when you have the right to go Uh, so they're innocent and those that are jailed they've been in there for over two years now and they did nothing wrong now Owen Schroeder, who only spoke about these, these events, who has only been calling out the corruption, has now been sentenced to 60 days in jail for his free speech. Are you getting the idea of what's happening right now? There's the UN's planning censorship, and they've been censoring We have the shutdown of our supply chain, and we have journalists. And by the way, he was a pastor, a youth pastor also. I don't know if he still is, but he was. And he's being thrown in jail because of what he said. We are rapidly approaching a police state. And there's many other data points showing us that we've actually are well on our way to that, and we need to step up. If you're patriotic, if you love God, if you love your country, you need to step up. The um, it's all of all a show. You've got the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian male spokesperson, um, talking about justice. And for it's a guy, you know, looks like got a transition to a, try to transition to a female, and yet he's still male. He's got long hair and, um, boobs or something. I don't know. But, uh, he's definitely still a man. Uh, He's talking about justice or for Ukraine, and talking about uh, uh, President Putin is a vamp, called him a vampire, said he had blood dripping out of his mouth, and that he needed to be stopped, and he was uh, you know, just on and on and on of this psyop. Um, point being the agenda the agenda is pushing pushing for for you to lose your mind it's all a mental game you need to be able to resist uh, with knowledge and first and foremost is the foundation in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because without that That cornerstone being the head, being your foundation. Without you standing on the rock, the chief cornerstone, you will probably give in to these psyops and you will fail your test on this earth. Uh, Next we have, it doesn't stop. I mean, this is just like from this week or last week and I can't even I'm not gonna be able to mention everything that has happened um, but this next one is just as egregious is the um, governor Grisham of New Mexico declaring that the first and second amendment does not exist and here's a clip of her yeah.
0: You took an oath to the Constitution, isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception, and that is, if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those too. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subjugated to theirs. And they are not in my view. Uh, wait a minute, right? you're about crimes. There are already laws against crimes, so how are there right again, but But again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, Somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. Uh, yep. Do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets for 30 days? Uh, no. But here's what I do think. It's a pretty resounding message.
1: A pretty resounding message. She is uh, banning... The first and second amendment Uh, you know American jurisprudence title 16 sections 256 says that um, any law or decree or or statute that is um, I think it uses the word repugnant to the Constitution is null and void so that means this governor no matter what she declares In an emergency, if it's repugnant to the Constitution, if it's contradicting the Constitution, that it's null and void and it has no weight. And I think um, that she is, is treading on the line of treason in my point of view, and she needs to be held accountable. But thankfully, that the new Mexicans think the same way, and they are stepping up and creating a lot of backlash. Here's a little bit on that was in
0: 2002, 2001. Bipartisan, since by the executive today. Be powers before. You have to pay attention to the policy and you have to stay out, connected to your rights every day like this. You have to maintain this every day. I'm a community organizer by trade. If you don't do this tomorrow, this won't matter. It will matter for all of us, but they won't pay attention if you're not here tomorrow. Another thing I'll tell you, if you think the governor willfully violated your rights like I did, Everyone here can sue her. She does not have qualified immunity in this state. Anymore. She does not have qualified immunity. This is the only state in the country where the executive in this state does not have the ability to willfully violate your rights. So use your ability to sue her. Everyone here should sue her. Everyone here should sue her. Should sue her. She will really of your You
1: All right, so I think they've got the the right idea there. We've got to show resistance and against the tyrants. They think that they can run us over, and I mean if you look back at the last pandemic, I mean they pretty much did. but don't let them do it again, please. They um these tyrants they're taking over and they assume that we're just going to bow down and let them take over because we're polite nice and kind and we're obedient. I mean, I don't know exactly what the deal it the idea is now, but um, you know Jesus was meek, but that did not mean weak. Um. Jesus at, at a couple occasions actually made a whip, braided a whip and went into the, the temple where the money changers were, where they were taking advantage of the people and, um, uh, make created a business out of the temple, out of worship and created a business out of the, uh, sacrificing of animals, um, Jesus went in there and he started flipping tables, dumping out the money, kicking the people out of the temple because of his righteous indignation. Because they were taking what had been um, dedicated to God and dedicated to worship him. And they desecrated it. And Jesus didn't tolerate it. And he made a point that it was not acceptable. So, and the reason why I say that is that we need to do the same thing with the people that are mistreating our nation. Because God blesses nations that honor Him, but He will curse a nation that turns their back on Him. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 17, it clearly spells that out, that He will reward a nation that follows His words and follows His commandments and follows His precepts, but He will punish a nation that does not. And I do not want to be counted as a nation that has turned their back on God's word, his commandments, and rejected what he had to say. There's 15 verses talking about the blessings and rewards to a nation that follow every word that he told us to do. And then there's another 56 or so verses of punishments to the ones that disobeyed and what's going in details of what will happen to a nation that rejects God's word and his commandments. Um, God has inspired, and I, I completely believe this, the more that I study, the more that I look at our history of the United States of America, the more that I read the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, I, beyond a shadow of a doubt, see that God ordained and inspired this country as a special nation. And this nation, I can tell by our, our fa- the founding fathers, the pilgrims, and those early settlers, the colonists, dedicated this nation to God Almighty. And I intend to keep it that way. We're going to have a... Um, I've got a couple quotes to read and a couple more notes, but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let the, um, the guest speaker I have on come on is actually, he's the uh, host of the sacred man podcast, and he is a co-host to the league of logic podcast and is run with his, uh, a church group or men's group, I should say, but I'll let him explain that to him or to you as I let him on. Brian Miller. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. That's good. Uh, Tell me about yourself.
2: Well, I am a fellow normal person that uh, seeing some crazy stuff going on around us and, you know, wanting to do something about it. I think uh, you you mentioned my my podcast, the Sacred Man Podcast. So that got started with um, wanting to be able to help men become better men. It's it's still up and going, but um, I wanted to have a place to help people become particularly better men as God sees it, because I believe God's word is true, and I believe we live in His world and the world is structured by his rules and so if we follow his word which is right then that's the key to becoming a better man and so that's that's the root of that that podcast and then um you mentioned all this crazy stuff going on you know that with covid coming out and uh, it started out with the you know, 15 days to slow the spread, and it just kept going, getting worse from then. Um, you know, we've already established, um, and we talk about this in the League of Logic podcast, as, you know, starting points. Everybody's got a starting point. Whether you realize it or not, you either look at the world and see it through the perspective of God's view, this is God's world, Or you look at it through the perspective of man's view. Man gets to decide what's right and wrong. Well, as all this craziness was getting started and going on, uh, we started to see uh, contradictions around us. For instance, uh, do the mask work? Um, They they do, they don't. They they were back and forth. Um, It it seemed like traditional views of sickness were kind of going out the window. Uh, one of the big ones for me when it was first getting started was uh, the bible says for believers to, to, to don't stop meeting together corporately that that's one of the things in the bible is that we're supposed to meet together to help support one another to build each other up iron sharpens iron then all of a sudden we hear get this um this mandate from the media that and from the government that we need to isolate, we need to separate, stop meeting together. Well, that was a direct contradiction from what the Bible said. And I choose to believe the Bible over what man would say. And so that was, you know, it was many things like that. And that's how me and a group of guys uh, got together and, and we wanted to... We asked ourselves the question, what what can we do uh, to help reach people in our area? And and out of that came the idea of the podcast, the League of Logic podcast. And th- the basis of that podcast is using logic, which, which came from God, to look at the world and notice these contradictions, to notice these things that are going wrong around us, to be able to think critically and use logic to understand and find the truth. And so that's how that came about. And that's what we're doing in that podcast. And um, it's a steady, steady fight to help people wake up and see what's going on around them.
1: Yeah. Bring a sigh up fifth generation warfare and it's nonstop. We're being blasted with nonstop misinformation, real misinformation and real disinformation. You know, Homeland Security labeled us mis, dis, and mal informationalist, and we're uh, now we're labeled a uh, domestic terrorist potential if we say anything that goes against the mainstream media, the mainstream medical, uh, WHO, CDC. Um, FDA, anything, um, that goes against what their official narrative is missed dis or malinformation. And that labels us a domestic terrorist. Well, I, I know pretty sure what I am. And I'm first of all, a Christian born an American makes me a patriot <laughs> and I speak the truth I don't speak any mis- or information. I may misspeak, but when I realize I have, I'll correct it. I don't deliberately lie to people. And they're lying to people. And we've been been under this um, propaganda for years. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons, uh, just to tell you how long it's been going on, my parents decided to our parents, Brian Miller's my brother, by the way. Um, that's why my parents decided to uh, homeschool their five boys, was to keep them out of the propaganda that was going on because they understood this country as being a Christian nation. They understood that they needed as to be as parents to They needed to teach their children and not let some uh, a misguided um, what-have-you in these public schools le- mislead their children. And so that's been going on for a long time. That was over 35 years ago or so they decided to do that. And it's, it's all part of the... Um, um, the communist agenda, you know, the, tra- the transgender movement, the abortion, all of it, it ties in together, but n- not so many people don't realize that all of this is working together as a single agenda to overthrow our country and our nation and to get a nation to reject God and to be in complete and complete servitude to a foreign power. Um, we have, I'm going to touch on the, that the governor Grisham talking about the, suspending the first and second amendment here real quick. And I've got a, what you need to get, if you don't already have it is because it's a really good guide is the citizen's rule book has the Bill of Rights, a jury handbook in it, and it gives you source, uh, Supreme Court rulings, Constitution, the American jurisprudence, um, it, it, and it's, it, it gets you back founded where we should be on God's Word first, and then it shows that the, the Constitution doesn't give us our rights, but it shows that our rights come from God, comes from God's Word and just to to touch on what that governor said um, all laws which are repugnant to the constitution are null and void that's what i mentioned earlier that's a a u.s supreme court ruling that's marbury versus madison and then there's one where rights secured by the constitution are involved there can be no rule making or legislation which would abrogate them that's miranda versus arizona Another one is, an unconstitutional act is not law. It confers no rights. It imposes no duties, affords no protection. It creates no office. It is in legal contemplation as inoperative as though it had never been passed. That is Norton versus Shelby County. One more. The general rule is that an unconstitutional statute, though having the form and name of law, is in reality no law, but is wholly void and ineffective for any purpose, since unconstitutionality dates from the time of its enactment and not merely from the date of the decision so branding it. No one is bound to obey an unconstitutional law, and no courts are bound to enforce it. That is sixteen and juris section one hundred seventy seven and section two hundred and fifty six. The, the if you know your rights and that they come from God and you understand the Constitution and these already these are already set precedents that have already been worked out, they've already been squared away. That the the reason why these communist dictators have gotten so far as because the people don't understand their rights. They don't understand their God-given rights. Uh, I want to c- compare real quick the summary the, of the Ten Commandments. I'll read through the Ten Commandments. Um, Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and mother. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. Now, Jesus summed it up like this. Love God with all of your heart, all your mind, all of your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said all of the law is written in that one law. The golden rule, right? And that's what we're living by, but they're trying to destroy it. So here's the, in contrast, is the uh, Communist Manifesto summary. The abolition of private property, heavy progressive income tax, abolition of all rights of inheritance, confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. I think that includes me right there. Central Bank. Government control of communications and transportation, government ownership of factories and agriculture, government control of labor, corporate farms, regional planning, government control of education. What is your uh, take on that? I I
2: think... You, you mentioned us being homeschooled and, and, and our parents making a decision to keep us out of the public schools. And, you know, from somebody that they has experienced that in, in all grades firsthand, I I highly recommend that. I, I wouldn't want to go back and change that at all. I, th- I think that was a great choice for us. A lot of people look at homeschoolers and, and, uh, and think, you know, they're they're sheltered from the world. Well, I, well, I say, good. Um, I was glad I was uh, to be able to be to be able to 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 think critically and look at the stuff around me to be able to discern right and wrong. But um, being raised in homeschool, one of the Our dad is a pastor and there was there was we were taught very well uh, the wisdom and the truth of the Bible and knowing the wisdom and the truth of the Bible the question to me is isn't all this around us to be expected because Jesus said in the world you will have tribulation so we see all this crazy stuff maybe exactly what's happening is is not expected but the idea of all the all the things going on around us because uh the bible says that you know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places there's a lot of evil going on that it's more than just the physical what you see there's a spiritual side of things, and they correlate to the physical, and and most, the large majority of people don't realize that. And so we see that all of this, the world, the media, the schemes of the evil that's going on is against God and against His plan. They're fighting directly contrary to the good, to... Uh, believers wanting to live in peace and wanting to to, to promote good works uh, to to help others to put others needs before their own it's it's all directly contrary to the wisdom found in in God's word and so it's it's to be expected because for for someone that that has read the bible but at the same time it's not something that we should uh cower in fear about because we have not we know how it ends right and and for your listeners on on your podcast here i know from listening to some of your episodes that that you have said this that in the end god wins uh, he's given us His book. He tells us how it's going to unfold in the end. Um, he's going to come out on top. In the meantime, we're going to go through some rough times. We're going to go through these struggles. But we got to remember that we don't have to be afraid. Uh, Jesus said, look at the birds in and, and, and look at the lilies in the field. He takes care of even those. And does he, how much more is he going to take care of you? So don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. For those that trust in him, he's going to take care of you. So that just leaves us to do the jobs that we have in front of us, to go out and tell the truth, but without fear.
1: Right, Second Timothy 1, seven. Uh, states, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. If you will, if you pay attention to what God told the patriarchs, what God told the leaders, the godly leaders, and it was always to obey me, do, do, do what I commanded you, but be courageous, to be strong, be bold. And not anywhere did he expect us to go cower somewhere, go hide in a corner, to go run and hide somewhere. He wants us to step up and um, trust him, as Peter said, trust God. What happens when we trust God? We're able to resist the devil because we're standing in his power and not ours, of course. And then the devil flees. Um, We have... So we can't, and fear fear is um, it'll fear will take over. But trusting in God and His Word um, gives us courage, gives us power, gives us strength. And uh, Paul has something to say about that to the Galatians in Galatians chapter five and uh, verse one. He says, "Stand, therefore, in liberty, wherewith Christ has made us free." And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And then scroll down to uh, verse 13 and 14. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And... As I read that, I'm reminded of the and you mentioned that uh, that uh our dad's a pastor and he still is. He's actually a um he and mom have, have gone out to out in west uh to Colorado Midwest to um through a church revitalization project because we had a church um, close, close to shutting its doors, and thank the Lord that it was prevented by my parents going out there through that. Um, but that reminds me of the um, the Black Robe Regiment and the uh, the pastors of the Revolution. And you know, you and I were talking a little bit about that the other day. Um, Well, actually, I had a podcast last week about it, the the Black Robe Regiment. And what you see is that for about 10 years leading up to it, that these pastors were speaking out like you and I are and that they were calling calling it out as they saw it. They weren't sugarcoating anything and they spoke the truth. And there came a point that they they stood, as Paul said in Ephesians, having done all to stand, they got grabbed their armor, you know, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Lord, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. They had their feet shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There was a moment they realized. I mean, that included taking care of your nation. Um. And they. We looked at uh, John Mullenberg last week. Uh, do you have? I know we talked about it a little bit last week. Do you have like another pastor besides uh, John Mullenberg that you can uh, recollect?
2: As um, as one,
1: what? Well you may not have one, but have as no a question. what do you know about what do you know about the Black Robe Regiment? I mean, what stuck out to you about that? They were called a group, the Black Robe Regiment, but it was it was it wasn't really a single um there was different groups throughout the revolution, but what it was was the pastors leading their congregations according to their convictions. And resisting the tyrants um, disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God they said in other words um, so my my
2: knowledge of of the Black Robe Regiment is not very deep, unfortunately. I've only learned about them fairly recently. Um, but what I'm picking up uh, from what I have read is, is that, like you just said, it's pastors that are speaking out for the truth, but including um, the the current events and political issues that are going on around them. So, which from my perspective, if if you follow the Bible, if you believe God's word is true, then it applies to every aspect of your life. If you are a Christian and you are a construction worker, then you are a Christian construction worker. If you are a uh, doctor, then you are a Christian doctor. You are a Christ-following doctor. If you are a politician, then you are a Christ-following politician. So I think there's a tendency for a lot of people, Christians, to separate different areas of life. You have the church here, you have your job here and you have politics over here and it's like totally different categories that do not intermingle but what i believe is that the truth touches every part of your life it doesn't matter whether it's involving politics or it's involving your work or church the truth is the truth and it remains constant and applies to everything so so, God's word applies directly to how our country should be run and how the government works. God established government back in the Old Testament. It was corrupted by people. by And so, it's... I agree with with the basics of of what I know about uh, this. I I can't go in detail about its history. Um, but of what I do know, I agree with the premise.
1: Right. So, so going back into the history, there the Black Robe Regiment, um. Now I realized a minute ago that my notebook that I, I in the last podcast I said I had all my notes on the uh, the Black Robe Regiment pastors. I just realized I grabbed the the wrong um, notebook, so I'm gonna I want to re- give you an example of one of them, and I, we had already we had already looked at one of them. Pre, on the last podcast but we might it, it won't hurt to go over it again i'm yeah. thinking of john mollenberg i mean um i think his name is john or maybe peter muhlenberg um so the 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 background on on uh peter muhlenberg it was a Sunday morning early in the year 1776 in the church where Pastor Muhlenberg preached. It was a regular service for his congregation, but a quite different affair for Muhlenberg himself. Muhlenberg's text for the day was Ecclesiastes 3, where it explains to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. Coming to the end of his sermon, Peter Muhlenberg Turned to his congregation and said, In the language of the Holy Writ, there was a time for all things, a time to preach and a time to pray, but those times have passed away. As those assembled looked on, Pastor Molenberg declared, There is a time to fight, and that time is now coming. Molenberg then proceeded to remove his robes, revealing to the shock of the congregation a military uniform. Marching to the back of the church, he declared, who among you is with me? On that day, 300 men from his church stood up and joined Peter Muhlenberg. They eventually became the 8th Virginia Brigade Fighting for Liberty. Uh, so this uh, pastor, Peter Mullenberg, said it's time to stand. He, he understood this was the time to stand up. No longer was it time to just pray or just to teach, but it was time to step up and to stand. You know, Paul said there was a to stand, and having done all to stand, he realized this was the time 1776 was when we need to stand. And so he actually um, they, he was, became known as the Eighth Virginia Brigade, so he was part of the the army, the military the um, Continentals. So against the, uh, the British and his brother, what's interesting with his brother and it's Frederick Mullen was getting them confused there, I think, but um, he was kind of opposed to it. He had a church in Boston and he was kind of opposed to it. I think he was maybe a little more, um, maybe timid, I guess. I don't know, but he was against it against, his brother Peter's level of involvement. Um, Peter responded to Frederick writing, I am a clergyman. It is true, but I am a member of the society as well as the poorest layman. And my liberty is as dear to me as any man. Shall I then sit still and enjoy myself at home when the best blood of the covenant is spilling? So far am I from thinking that I act wrong. I am convicted. It is my duty to do so and duly I owe to God and my country. He, His brother, Frederick, kind of still sat on the sidelines until his church in Boston was burnt down by the British. Once they burnt his church down, he decided he was going to join his brother. So there comes a time where standing actually means... Standing right. protect, protecting you because like you said, if you're a, a Christian, a doctor and you're a Christian, you're a Christian doctor. Well, being a citizen and you're a Christian, you're a Christian citizen. So you should. That's what being a. Uh, a patriot to me means knowing this is a Christian nation is that I will because I love God so much. Because I love my family so much, because I love my community so much, I will stand up. I will step up. Um,
2: Reading into this um, reminded me of of a book that a friend of mine actually referred me to and I read. It's called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but I'll give you the basic premise of the book. And um, I'll actually I'll, I'll actually read a portion here for you of basically what the doctrine of the lesser magistrates is. It says the lesser magistrate doctrine declares that when the superior or higher civil authority makes unjust, immoral laws or decrees, the lesser or lower ranking civil authority, has both a right and a duty to refuse obedience to that superior authority. If necessary, the lesser authorities even have the right and obligation to actively resist the superior authority. So, so you have different levels of, of um, authority in, in our country, whether it be a, a governor or president or sheriff or pastor of a church uh, we, there is a hierarchy of a, of authority um as I maybe mean, not hierarchy is the term but there is a there is a uh, different levels of authority so when a law or a mandate particularly is passed or not passed but decreed which is you know that's also unlawful but anyway when, when uh, even a law that is completely legal or lawful put into place that contradicts the Bible, because as a follower of Christ, you God is the ultimate authority. His word is true. So when a judgment or law is passed that is unjust and sinful, It contradicts the word of god then at that point you do not follow it that is that is the law of the the doctrine of the lesser magistrates particularly regarding those that are in uh, in these middle levels of authority that if they get a a a ruling or command from somebody in a higher position that says you need to enact this mandate well it implies that their job is to say no. Um, where I live, we when the uh, when the 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 mask mandates and and a lot of this craziness going on, we have a sheriff that in town that was uh, very good at um, sheltering us from some of this craziness, uh, and he made the choice to no not in my town particularly when BM, blm was uh rolling across the country just tearing up cities uh he he rallied all his uh his um officers together and uh, there was nothing tore up in our town because he stood up for what he believed is right And just as this, just as a lesser magistrate following what's right above the decree of man, um, he didn't let the destruction happen from BLM. So that's just one simple example, but that's what it reminded me of was this doctrine of the lesser magistrates.
1: Yeah, that's a good example. Um. And that's that brings up another lie what 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 you're just thinking of uh Romans chapter thirteen covers and the the lie that we've been fed is that well pretty much what you can see is corporations are in charge and so here's the order that's supposed to be in for this nation. So this nation is unique, and the way it's set up is God is on top. He's in charge. That's the way it was originally set up. So God created man. Man created the Constitution. The Constitution created government. The government created corporations. So that shows you the order, the authority. So it's God has the, um, the foremost authority. Then second under God is man. Man, that means we the people. We are above the Constitution. We are above the government. And we are above the corporations. Now here, that's the lie we've been fed. They flipped it. So in their eyes, these um, like that governor Grisham is a perfect example. The corporations are above the government and the government is above the Constitution, and the Constitution is above man, and man's above God. I mean, that's part of their agenda, is that they want to, uh, um, like Yoval Noah Harari said, he wants to have surveillance under the skin, and he's called us useless eaters, and he's an Israelite, Israeli. And he says, the saying, there is no God in the sky. So these corporations like the World Health Organization, CDC, and so on, these corporations have assumed that they are in charge. and we have, like you said, your sheriff, and we had a good sheriff in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. while we were there, he's a very good sheriff and that the county keeps reelecting him. I think he's on his third third election now third term, I think. He's been there for what, fi- over 15 years now but he does a very good job. He's a good godly man, Christian. And we didn't have much trouble there. There was one car with a brick got hit with a brick and I think someone maybe on a motorcycle. But that was it. And but see the that according to our laws that are already set up lawfully, God is the head. But legally the corporations are the way that's what they want. But we have the power, but we've been lied to and deceived about it. But that's why we need to get into the word of God. Cause all this, I mean, everything that, you know, we're talking about and we've been studying and learning. It, it all comes from God's word ultimately. And our founding fathers, I was wanting to read a couple of their quotes too just exactly on that Um, George Washington, one of his quotes about observing the hand of providence, they understood that the leader, the head was God. Okay. So he says, quote, the federal constitution, the adoption process, should everything proceed with harmony and consent according to our actual wishes and expectations will demonstrate as visibly the finger of providence as any possible event in the course of human affairs can ever designate it. Then Daniel Webster said, Concerning my devotion to the Constitution, I regard it as the work of the purest patriots and wisest statesmen that ever existed, aided by the smiles of a benignant providence, it almost appears a divine interposition in our behalf. Then, uh, Benjamin Franklin, I have so much faith in the general government of the world by providence that I can hardly conceive a transaction of such momentous importance to the welfare of millions should be suffered to pass without being in some degree influenced, guided, and governed by that omnipotent, omnipresent, and beneficent ruler. So, we see there that that train of thought, and I think we can give credit to those patriot preachers, and that that these men saw that their their governance came from God, and they decided to to construct. A government in a way that was obedient to God.
2: Yeah, you, in your quote there, Benjamin Franklin points to it. It had to come from uh, the omniscient one, and it says in the the Book of James, every good gift. And Every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So all the good, everything that is good, that points to good, comes from God. That would include a good established government that cares for its people, that is, has its priorities in line.
1: Yep, yeah, the and that's what's important here, because these I'm going back to that governor in New Mexico. I mean, the governor of New York, Cuomo and the I can't remember. I think they've changed like three governors since then. I don't even remember the who the, the, what the governor is now, but seeing these tyrants come in and they this is what happens. When. Good men do nothing. I believe. Maybe that's a point that could be made here. But these tyrants come in, but they assume they could take advantage of the people because of their lack of knowledge. You know, Hosea says, My God's word in Hosea says, For my people die for lack of knowledge. And he was that's what he was speaking of. His nation, his people, a nation. He gave them a government. He gave them His word and commandments to follow and then his people became ignorant of his word and became ignorant of his commands and they, his people allowed it to happen. And that's what I intend not to do. James Madison, a quote from him, says, A well-instructed people alone can be permanently a free people. And, and that's where freedom comes from God. He set, Jesus set himself. He sets us free. He came to make men free. Now, I know in closing, we'll close with this. I know this isn't the final say because... We have, as mentioned before, we have a mission, the Great Commission, and so this world is not our home; it's not permanent. But how we carry out God's will and God's plan for us in our lives um, is is determined. Our eternity is based on how we steward what God has given us here on earth. And so we want to be found faithful, to be found a good and faithful servant with the things God has given us to steward as his children, as his uh, nation, as his ambassadors. So there's... A good Christian, I I guess you could say is well rounded in all aspects of his life, as you mentioned earlier, and we're able to operate in a way that's pleasing to him in everything we do. And and obviously we have to to operate in society. And that's what I'm thankful for as in my country is that it was it was set up in a way that pleasing God and obeying him is rewarded. And I hope to get back to that. But good men have to stand. Get, let you get the last words and we'll close in prayer.
2: I'd say that just to sum it all up in a nutshell, you mentioned earlier the info wars and uh, your the the quote you said last about a people that is well informed is a people that's going to remain free, and that's really what it's all about. It's it's a war for truth. Our, our job here, as as we live here, in, where we are at on this earth, in America. Well it's 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 across the entire world now what's going on, but the war is with information. We're trying to get the truth out. That's the job. That's our marching orders. We've got to get the truth of God's word and the truth of what's really going on. That's what it's about. Yep.
1: John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's the ultimate. We're ultimately here to lead people to Christ. And we have to speak the truth. And that means in everything, in all things, speak the truth because Jesus is the truth. So I appreciate you coming on. Would you uh close us in prayer?
2: Yep, absolutely. I I appreciate you having me on. So Father, thank you that that you've put us where you've put us. Thank you that you've given us all the tools that we need to work with. That you've promised that you'll supply all our needs. Thank you for your peace, your protection, for your mercy, your guidance, your wisdom, your wisdom that's just above any other understanding. God, we ask. That you would continue to guide us, to continue to give us strength as we, as we march on to, to follow you and to tell others about you and your truth. Help us to do well. Help those that are listening that may be hearing these things for the first time. That you'd help them to understand the truth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for joining. And we will see you next time.
2: I appreciate it.
1: It was good being here.